2: upsetting to get ready for the show for me see because i understand and always understood joe biden is an illegitimate political whore dimwit in diapers every policy corruption profiteering every single position to weaken america and strengthen his pimps that own his whore ass every single one right now the department of justice just released a report. a report the louisville police department ...is guilty of racist abuse of the citizens. So here's an idea. The Louisville Police Department has a massive percentage of black people. Why don't they all just resign? Let the Louisville citizens live in the utopia of squalor. Like in the sewers of all the big Democrat-run hell holes. Give them what they want. Because that's the only way you're going to fix things. Because there's still enough people to believe these idiots... ...who lie every time they open their fracking mouth. Joe Biden... take a while, because he walks like a drunk baby on wet grass. Hello, hello,
3: hello. Oh, and can all those
0: folks out there. Hey everybody, how are you? Selma's here. Well, before I be pleased, have a seat if you have one. I once said that, have a seat,
2: have one, and the press said they don't have seats. He didn't even- now you remember, he did the same thing with the fire department multi-millionaire one percenters just the other day. This is the same thing. And the reason you're not seeing him on a daily basis is because they have him in a chamber right now, like Clockwork Orange, with his eyeballs pried open so they could get him through a speech.
4: He's so stupid, he didn't know that. Those folks may that might not have him back there, but you all do here. Folks, look... Uh, There's a lot to say. I'm going to try not to say very much.
2: There you go. There's a lot to say. I'm going to try not to say very much. There's the dimwit that got 81 million votes. These other idiots, these Democrats want you to believe. Who are these Democrats? Well, let's go to their leader in the House, shall we?
5: Yes, it's reasonable for us to have a conversation moving forward about how do we continue to reduce the deficit and bring our debt into a better situation. That's what President Biden has been able to do. That's what I believe he will continue.
2: Now, I understand, Hakim. you're another affirmative action moron, D student fraud. I get it. I get it. But this lie is particularly upsetting. Because what you imbeciles continue to do is destroy the peace and tranquility of my nation by guaranteeing bankruptcy. And aside from that, you're kind of causing a little bit of a stir around the world. You see, other countries are aware of what you're doing in the bastardization of the world currency. And they don't like it. And you're lying about... What the reasons are that we're fighting wars in Ukraine, we're fighting wars in Africa, we're fighting wars in the Middle East, we're still occupying Somalia. I understand, you idiot. But the good part of this country, the very small third of actual producers, working men and women, they're going to be the ones that suffer yet again. And you're imbeciles that think you're the speaker of anything rather than a D student affirmative action moron. They're going to drag us all into the gutter as they always do. Well... We got a good congressman with a funny name, Congressman Smucker from Pennsylvania. Congressman Smucker is a lot smarter than his name would lead you to believe. He had an opportunity to talk to the Dutch boy on a can, Janet Yellen, unelected bureaucrat and another Democrat whore, the only kind she could be, though. Her her options are limited when it comes to prostitution. She uh, was before Congressman Smucker, and he put her on the grill, and she came out well done.
6: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. You had mentioned the importance of reducing deficits and debt. We agree that that's important going forward.
2: Is that right? Just confirming that.
7: We'll agree uh, on, on
2: deficits. It's yes.
7: desirable to reduce. And I was, I was the
2: cl- only way I could get through this speech is to picture Janet Yellen's husband at home with two strippers on a table pretending he's Genghis Khan because he can't wait till she goes before co- Congress and testifies. He can't wait to get her big,
6: fat, useless ass out of the house. glad to hear that the president uh, seems to have come to that realization recently as well. Uh, I want to show you, though, I have a chart.
2: That... Who do you think parties hard, harder when uh, Janet Yellen speaks? Is it Viktor Bout in Russia selling arms to the, the <laughs>
1: Ukraine? Or
2: is it Mr. Janet Yellen? with the strippers and the massage girls back at home at the Yellen Mansion.
6: Sh- shows the deficits on an annual basis. And you can see this is 2019. We have essentially two and a half years that were affected by COVID. Which we we all allow for that. We know that the, expend, the spending was higher than it was all deficit spending, by the way. But the year after COVID, the first year of the budget that we're here discussing today is high.
2: now that's the first year that Joe Biden was allowed to steal the most powerful office in the world and pretend to be president in his diaper.
6: Higher than the deficit was before COVID hit. And then it goes up on an upward trajectory every single year, uh, with one slight exception there, uh, during this budget. How can you claim that you're reducing deficits, or how can the Biden administration claim that deficits are being reduced in this 10-year budget?
7: Well, it's it's a reduction relative to what we inherited.
6: Uh, What? so, So there's not a real reduction in the deficit.
7: Well, obviously, the baseline does have deficits rising, but proposals that we have made
6: would. So we're not so we're not accomplishing the goal of reducing the deficit in any way in this budget.
7: We have not proposed policies that would lead to greater deficits.
2: Hey, man, Hans. Hey, you ugly. Just say no. You're finding all kinds of creative ways to say no, but he has the chart, the bar chart. Even Kamala Harris can figure out a bar chart. I know she likes circles, but she also likes menage a trois. Just look at the chart, dummy. And she has to admit that they're lying. That Hakeem Affirmative Action Jeffries is a liar. That the Dinwidin Diapers is a liar. Boy, that covers a lot of them. Joe Biden is a liar. That KJP is a fracking liar. And just in case she didn't know about it, she lied again yesterday i played it yesterday but it's still great
1: well let's be very clear let me take on the drug part here because since you brought this up um, because of the work that this president has done because of what we've done specifically on fentanyl at the border it's at historic lows historic
2: levels uh... so they're, 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 every freaking word every word a lie and this got me thinking here we are standing at the precipice Of a conflict that we can't even wrap our heads around. Most American morons still, some people believe themselves to be Democrats, some think that there's a Republican a lesser of two evils. So we have a lot of idiots. They think that we can pay off the debt and that it doesn't matter. It does. But aside from all that, why in the world should any other country use our dollar? Why in the world should anyone use our dollar or trust our word when everything they say is a lie? And we have the evidence on video. From the January 6th protest, all the way to them speaking today about low fentanyl and, and deficit reduction. freaking lying frauds. Not elected. Steal elections. It's the perfect crime. One day, and now you're a god among men. Unfortunately, we've allowed us ourselves to become a European-Soviet society. But enough of that. I'm more interested in thermonuclear war. See, and the other thing is, Hakeem Jeffries, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, they weren't going to go fight for anybody. None of them. Only one of them wanted to avoid it. Donald Trump. He's the only one that threw a wrench in their war profiteering. Well, now he's out of the office. And that's why so many Republican scumbag scallywags, who are in on the scam, like Mitch McConnell, wanted him out of the way. Not just because he's been rich by the Communist Party in the same way the Biden family has but you're hearing something from the propagandists that really sickens me. And that was, you heard the uh, the Russian spokesman, Lavrov.
8: You heard this all last weekend. I know you did. You know, uh, the war, uh, which uh, we are trying to stop, and which was launched against us using the Ukraine, <laughs> U- Ukrainian people, uh, of course, it influenced, influenced, influenced uh, the... A policy of Russia.
2: And then I realize 99% of Americans read the headlines, they don't even bother with the first paragraph of anything. 99% of Americans have no understanding of what has been happening in the Azov battalion, Nazi infiltrated government from Ihor Kolomoisky, the corruption. That's why they didn't care about the Hunter Biden proof, prima (laughs) facie evidence above all, that the Biden administration, the Obama administration were in bed. With the money launder oligarchs that were running Ukraine. See, but that's how the former Soviet Union is. Now, I don't care which one it is. We don't need to be there anywhere. But they saw an opportunity to make money. But now we got the real deal going on. In the meantime, let's say for a minute that George Bush saw a twinkle in Root and Toot in Putin's eye. And he said, you know what? Maybe it's better if we get along than we don't. Maybe then we could have a thriving economy and we could have peace. And for a few years, we got real, real close. Then we got real, real dangerous. And then Donald Trump came in. We got real close to peace again. And now here we are, whipped into a frenzy, led there by the pied pipers of deceit, corruption, and lies, the American Democrats. And they're continuing to double down on this, and they're ignoring all the articles. Even Drudge Report has to finally admit, Bakhmut, they got their ass kicked. How many... 150,000 that they can count? How many of them are non-political? See, it's only the innocent people. The oligarchs, they're already in Paris spending the money we're sending. The billions and billions and billions. In the meantime, is anybody going to talk about this? Anybody but me. I know I get the, the comments on the, on the ass hat and the comments on Rumble. Oh, here we go again in Ukraine. Yes, every minute of every day, innocent people are being slaughtered and killed. And above that, let's say you don't care about that. Let's say you're a Chicago rat Democrat, and you don't care about the death and the mayhem of innocence. Do you not care that it's our money that's being stolen, that's being abused? Do you not care that this debt is a guarantee that your grandkids, who you don't know, will never have the quality of life you had? Because these crooked bastards are going to use their failures as a weapon against your grandkids. That's the game. That's how it works. How many ever paid attention to anything that they've been saying for eight
8: years? By the way, this is exactly almost, almost the same status as was promised to Kosovo Serbs in 2013, a year before, two years before the Minsk agreements. Uh, this community of Serbian municipalities of Kosovo. The same stuff and the same trick. Cheating on Serbia in case of a community of Serbian municipality of Kosovo cheating on Russia in the case of the Minsk agreement. Special status for the Serbs in Kosovo special status for Russians in Ukraine in both cases it was the European Union in the person of uh, Germany and France uh, and also the High representative uh, regarding the Kosovo deal and they I am, I am convinced that just like they admitted that they did not intend to implement the Minsk Agreements, they never intended to implement the uh, thing they promised to the Serbs in Kosovo. Uh, but the I th- war, I, I this, think I this, this here. military
6: campaign,
3: or whatever you call it, a war, or enduring freedom operation, whatever name you may choose to call it, the bombing
9: campaigns do not alter hearts and minds. They're the worst way to do it. In fact, they freeze people into positions, make further My negotiations I... even okay. more difficult. Okay, okay. We'll so okay. Where does this take
8: us? Yeah. Yeah, tell me, tell me, uh, when this uh, conference started? What year?
3: Uh, this is the 8th, you know, 8th eighth, rational eighth, eighth Dialogue we're having.
8: 8th year? 8th, so yeah. You started in 2014 or something? Yeah, some, yeah. <clears throat> uh, have you been interested uh, during these years, uh, what is going on in Iraq, what is going on in Afghanistan? Have you been asking the United States and NATO whether they are, uh, whether they are uh, certain of what they are doing? When, when they uh, now uh, Scholz, uh, um, Berbok, uh, Macron, and others say, this is the first time when the OSCE Helsinki Final Act is being violated. They don't remember about 1999 when Serbia was bombed, when, when uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden uh, being a senator at that time, uh, he was bragging that I, one year before the uh, bombing of Serbia, I uh, promoted this approach. And I believe that we have to bomb them out into peace. Uh, when, when uh, Iraq was ruined as a state, uh, after Colin Powell showed a vial with some powder, and then a few years later, Tony Blair said, yes, it was a mistake. But-
2: the reason that Russia invaded was because Joe Biden successfully stole the most powerful office on the planet. They knew that Joe Biden would lie, cheat, and steal the way he's done his entire career. You want to know why they invaded ukraine because of joe fracking biden a two-faced lying scumbag who has been one and everyone in the world knows it except for the american democrat the reason they invaded was joe biden was allowed to steal the election 312-642-5600
0: make money smoke cigars and live free on the sean thompson show on am 560 the answer AM 560. The answer. Nice going, bro.
2: Every time they open their mouth, they lie. They've come even come up with a new lie to cover the fact that we, the American, not we, me and you wouldn't do such a thing, but the Central Incompetent Agency, the ones who were, what were they doing in Mena, Arkansas? The CIA clearly blew up Nord Stream 2, creating the largest ecological disaster. Well, they've workshopped. Good excuse, good cover-up. And the American media hasn't been able to sell this, but i like to look at other media. This is from the Australian media. They found a way to put lipstick on that pig, too.
10: Overseas now, U.S. intelligence officials say the Nordstrom gas pipeline could have been sabotaged by a vigilante group aligned with Ukraine. Joining us...
2: Could have been sabotaged by a... Vi- could have been. could have Well, it could have been Mary Poppins, you frackin' scumbag, lying CIA rats! Could have been... A vigilante Ukrainian sympathetic group. Oh, did they get our money to do it? I mean, I don't like the sound of this. Do you squirrel? Do you buy a word of this? Live now is Adam Entes, the investigative reporter at the New York Times. And
10: I really appreciate you making the time and, and staying up late for us there. Thank you. And congratulations. This is quite a scoop. Just take us through what U.S. officials interviewed for your story have said regarding what actually happened to the North Street pipeline.
7: Right. So basically, in September of last year, the pipeline, um, you know, the, pipe, uh, the two of the pipelines are attacked.
2: Is there any is there any parent out there that can't tell that this intellectual child is lying? Is there anybody that can't tell that this fraud from a pretend paper, a CIA front rag, is telling exactly the lie he was told to tell? With, uh, with explosives.
7: And there was a mystery, you know, who did it? There was a lot of finger pointing. Uh, at that point uh you know Russia pointed the finger at britain uh uh Poland and Ukraine pointed the finger at russia um and and frankly, there was sort of an absence of any intelligence uh that was solid about what happened uh recently in recent weeks uh what happened is is we learned that there was new intelligence which was presented to American officials which uh which basically said suggested it it's not uh conclusive. That uh, pro-Ukraine, a pro-Ukrainian group, um, one, one that supports, supports Ukraine so- against Russia, was, uh, was the,
2: um, you know, carried out this attack. No, 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 no. Hey, liar. Hey, dimwit with your little glasses on. Huh? How come you don't want to talk about your own colleague who's a thousand times better at his job than you are? Seymour Hirsch, known as Cy Hirsch? I
0: just see us having walked into a trap. I see Europe as the big loser of this, by the way. I see Europe as the huge
8: loser of this.
2: I don't- huh. Lavrov knew exactly what this was. He always told the truth.
8: I, I respect uh, Subramanian J. Shankar very much. We have excellent relations with China and excellent relations with India.
2: Oh, wait, that's where he's talking about all the countries that don't want to use our dollar anymore because the American politicians have bastardized and destroyed the integrity and quality of our dollar. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Who could have done it? Who could have blown up Nord Stream 1 and 2? I mean, forget about who benefited. Forget about it being a trigger to start the war that the war profiteer scum and the Republicans and Democrats needed. Um, the intelligence
7: officials that we spoke to and the uh, U.S. officials that we spoke to on this told us that Uh, At this point, they don't have, uh, you know, strong evidence or evidence that uh, that uh, that the Ukrainian government or security
2: services were directly involved in. I think you should come out and say spontaneous combustion. It was just happenstance. I mean, after all. You're good at lying about everything.
5: Yes, it's reasonable for us to have a conversation moving forward about how do we continue to reduce the deficit and bring our debt into a better situation. That's what President Biden has been able to do. Yeah. that's what I believe. You know what else he, he did,
2: squirrel? He rescued us.
1: What do you think, just in terms of what you're watching with the Fed, what your concerns are about the economy?
5: Well, let's think about where we've been and where we are now. Uh, When the American Rescue Plan was passed under the leadership of President Biden, Speaker Pelosi, Leader Schumer, Democrats in the House and the Senate, we were able to rescue uh, the economy and save it from a deep recession.
2: Have never told the truth. Anytime their mouth is open, a lie is coming out and there's one right behind it. 312-642-5600.
0: He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer.
2: I said it and I meant it, squirrel. The war in Iraq is a direct ramification of the American people tolerating the theft of the most powerful office that controls the policies of this nation. Joe Biden is illegitimate he should not be in that office but they will run cover because we're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars being absconded with. Anthony Lakemore, I told you you'd be first. Oh my goodness. Holy smokes. Sean, you
3: are the man. Uh, Thank you, babe. Thank I uh, you. I really just I appreciate how you bring the light these uh, Marxist scum and yep. it's a re- it's a real shame that there are so many people with blindfolds on. Even my own, some members of my own family voted for this scumbag diaper moron, Biden. And it's, it's amazing. I try and talk to them, and they deny everything. Open your eyes. Look at something else besides MSNBC. Listen to, listen to the radio. People feel, Anything
2: else. people prefer the beautiful lie rather than the ugly truth. They don't like the ugly truth. When's the last time you were talking to a liar or you heard somebody that was talking to a liar? And the person knew that the person talking to them was lying to them. And they said, you're a liar. Get away from me. See, when I was a kid in the 70s, that's how men talk to each other. If you got caught bull dung in another guy, you got dragged in the parking lot. Are you, or you, you were shunned. You were shamed. Wait a minute. Are you t- you're a fracking liar. Get away from me. That's how it used to be. The tolerance for being deceived was very low. Now, the tolerance is very high. You're going to watch it tonight at 6 o'clock in Chicago. Two fracking liars, and whoever's the best storyteller will win. That's, unfortunately, what people adapt to under Democrat frauds. And it gets lower and lower and lower each time. And that's the problem, bro. Well, I love that you're
3: out there calling them out, calling uh, the liars out. I just, I just don't know what we can do. We, the people, you know, we, the people, are the ones... Convention of the states,
2: get to a state that is practicing, get to a state that wants secession. That will happen, brother, especially after this war, this World War III expands, and it will expand very soon. I predict in the next eight months we're going to be in a hell of a deep water there, brother. So get to a state Uh, that's going to protect your freedom, because as you're seeing now, all the senators and Republicans of both parties are calling openly for censorship on something as obvious as the lie that was told about January 6th. Or the lie that Joe Biden is a legitimate president. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate the call God very bless. much. Thank you. You too, my man.
3: George in Naperville. Sean, at the start of your show, I'm hearing "Hail to the Chief," and I'm like, that's not appropriate for Biden. And "Hail to the Thief" came to mind. Well, uh, there was, a popular, t- since, there was a popular there was a popular TV show called "It Takes a Thief," and in the opening promo. Robert Wagner, the man who played the thief, would say, "You're going to pay me to steal." Well, that's Biden's
10: existence.
2: Yeah, yes, it is, and that's why we give him checks. You think they ever even cash those checks we give him? 175 grand a year. When he got when he was first elected a senator, he made 68 thousand a year. And within what eight years, he bought the Dupont Mansion. Hmm. How does a guy making 68, seventy five thousand a year By at the time in 1982? the DuPont mansion for $1.3 How do you do that? What's the math? And what was the interest rate? And who qualified him for the loan? Let's look at it. What do you say? Oh, I know, maybe the Federal Bureau of Incompetence will investigate some of the real estate holdings of the Biden crime family. What do you think? Nah, I think they'd rather protect the scam that keeps them rich, keeps them happy. Mark Oaklawn. Hey, John, how are you? Splendid, how are you?
11: I'm doing really good. Hey, you know, the, the more I was on hold, and, and the more I was on hold, I was thinking about something else. I was talking to a woman today that that uh, you know, a lot of the women out there that are middle aged and you know, you, you you start talking, you know, you try to reach out to people that you might not know and get to dive a little deeper into a conversation, and you ask them, well, what do you think of our our president? You know, and and right away they go after Trump, and I and I think it's they know that Biden is a liar. But, you know, they just can't get past that abortion issue. Mark, are you a single man by any
2: chance? I am a single man, yes. Listen, this is the greatest dating leverage you've ever had. Because any woman, (laughs) any woman that would vote for Joe Biden, she's on the throwaway list because i'm telling he you really is. There's oh absolutely. no question about it absolutely i mean don't yeah. get me wrong you could probably yeah. score with these tramps i mean after all if they get knocked up they want to whack the baby <laughs> these are the easiest layups in this in the system however you know you're Sean, probably going to go have to go to, to the doctor up. yeah
11: you cut right to the chase and you figure it out and, and you move on and and you know, you, you're looking for someone who, who wants to make a sacrifice
2: in life, not someone who wants to butcher a baby. That's Yes, brutal. absolutely. That's what you're looking for to spend you know. some time with. But, you know, listen, I'm no saint. Yeah. You know how many times I put hey, up what with are the Ocasio-Cortezes out there? Yeah, okay, honey. <laughs> Keep spewing it. Now take your clothes off. Uh, Thank you very much, Mark. I can play both sides of that fence. But when I was a single man, I was a desperado. Now, married to the most lovely, loyal, phenomenal woman on the planet. Cream Puff Jim knows a thing or two about cookies. Hi, Sean. How are you? Was it sac- Sacred
3: Heart in Lowrose Park? I think I remember losing my mind. Sure what it went. That's where the heart high
2: class girls went. Yeah, Sacred Heart. Yeah, I, were I, Those I went were the boys with, with a father with a job.
3: I, yeah. <laughs> you're right. I went to a couple of weddings there. I got a couple of funerals. The father of Lowrose was a good friend of mine. I think he was pastor there for a while.
2: I was anyway. in my Carmel when the priest tried to shake down my cousin. We had the dice game at the feast. And then I don't know what happened. The, piece, the the priest's car was a victim of spontaneous combustion, like, uh, like Nord Stream 2. I think it was the Ukrainian loyalist that blew it up myself. But then we were able to have the game in perpetuity. But go ahead. Good for you, Carl. I was just saying, I've been watching the telly, and every uh, re- uh,
3: Republican governor is falling like, Trump, cannot that be the nominee? Trump, Sadunu, uh, Hogan, the chubby guy from New Jersey... Yeah. Uh, they, you know, all of By the way, he, he can't win. He can't. No, wait a minute. Tell sure. yeah. When is your guy? If your guy stays out of the sun, when is he going to announce that? Or do you read the papers? Uh, I, the I, the I don't think paper? there's any hurry.
2: I, I like Ronald Reagan's approach. I think he officially announced. He might have officially announced, like, December, the year before the election, but he really didn't start campaigning until February, the year of the election. All right. That's, that's,
4: just, all right. You know, that's the strategy. Okay. But here's the so other just, thing
2: I want you to keep in mind. You know that Chris Christie had that fat bastard surgery? rather than getting used to it the way you did and just start creaming your stretch marks, what he did is he had the <laughs> yeah, band. I mean, at least I, yeah, yeah. I'm going the Grim. No,
3: yeah, I the Grim Raper, you know, 300 pounds at all. I'm going down with this. Oh, shit. yeah. Yep. You know what I mean, baby?
2: But Chris and Christie God. had the surgery so he could look skinny. I think he put A1 sauce on the band instead of cutting his stomach in half like the, like the normal people do. I think he ate yeah. the band because he's fatter now than he was before he had the surgery. I don't like uh, him. Uh, and uh, as for Sununu's son, Sununu's son's a second-generation fraud. Sununu was a good, good conservative. He was at CPAC. He was a low guy. And a downright war profiteering whore. Just like his mentor, George Bush Sr., may burn in hell for a thousand years. 312-642-5600.
3: I was just listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting, sexist pig, and an absolute disgrace. Thank you.
0: AM 560, the answer.
2: See, I don't train my dog by reasoning with it. When it defecates on the rug, I rub its face in it. That's what I like to do to the Democrat mafia members. It's true. So all the Democrats out there that like killing their babies and the reason they voted for Democrats, in particular the women. Women's rights. I want you to meet the international woman of courage. And sitting in the audience was... Anything but the first lady. She was the wife of Joe Biden when he was a senator, his biggest political contributor. And then she was sleeping with Joe Biden on the side. Little action, little Kamala Harris. And uh, she was in the audience as they gave the international woman of courage.
4: In Argentina, Alba Ruada is a transgender woman who was kicked out of classrooms, barred for sitting for exams,
1: refused job opportunities, subjected to violence, and rejected by her family. But in the face of these challenges, she worked to end violence and discrimination against the LGBTQI.
2: So you got a female Jeopardy champion who's a man. You've got a collegiate swim champion who's a man. Now you've got the international woman of courage who's a man. And if you watch the video... She's sitting in front of another man who is the first female admiral to be in charge of the HHS or whatever the hell that dimwit's in charge of. So when you spot her, she's the one all the way on the right. She's got the red skirt on with a set of balls hanging out of it. Mitchell in the splains. Hey, Sean, do you know what January
3: 6th and the Warren Commission have in common? They Copy were cock. both. That too, but they were also asinine pseudoscientific shams. Now, you realize that Frank Church and the Church Committee and the House Select Committee on Assassinations 13 years later totally opposes whatever happened in the, uh, the Warren Commission. I mean, it reverses all the findings. So people that think that Oswald did it, it comes out and said there was a conspiracy. Now, you really think they're going to basically tell you the truth with regards to what happened? No, Mitchell. I, I, you season?
2: know, are you sure, Mitchell, from the third story window with a tree in front of it with an Italian rifle that can't shoot straight, you sure he didn't hit him three times? You sure? I don't know, Mitchell. Don't watch the video. Don't believe your lying eyes. Let's hear this. Hold on. Where is it? Throughout my career, I have focused on the intersection between medical, mental, and behavioral health. <laughs> and is your... Yes, ass, the I- International Woman of Courage is sitting right in front of that woman who also has a set of balls hanging out of her skirt. Craig and in Montgomerywood. Hey, Sean. You're on target as usual. <laughs> Thank you, babe. Having fun, yeah, having you, fun. You, you, yeah, sure, why not? I knew you, but you hit hard, brother. You got to keep doing it. Not like little, I got to hit hard. Just ask a couple of guys in the neighborhood walking around with a lisp. Go ahead. Yeah, well, um, Tucker
4: Carlson lost his mojo there because I think the left got to him. He's got all them thousands, all that footage and everything like that. There was a big hype for yesterday. Yesterday was gonna big, big deal. He's really gonna show it stuff.
2: Not it death, Schumer and everything. No, scared no, no. It's only a, it was a, yesterday. Was, I mean, come on. You're just getting warmed up. It was, you, got, you got a couple more days left in the week. You're going to leave it for Friday, and that's when you bring out the guys in the hallways with the Trump gear on and the FBI pensions and the CIA pensions opening the doors, breaking stuff. That's, that, don't get nervous. Right away, you're in a rush. Kamala Harris has taught us one thing. Take your time, baby. It pays off. Take your time. In the meantime, what are we, why do I think, did we have a Kamala Harris? I think we did, right? In fact, I'm going to share with you a
1: very simple story, which is that I went home one day and I said, well, what's, why are conservatives bad, mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve things. I I couldn't reconcile it. Now I can.
2: (laughs) Did your mom teach you how to pick out Willie Brown in the office? Did she give you advice to beat a nooner? I wonder how much advice did Kamala Harris's mom give her? When we
1: talk about deficit, uh, deficit reduction, when we talk about having, being fiscally responsible, this is something that the president has talked about since the campaign. And you hear me, just as I did moments ago, talk about the $1.7 trillion deficit that he did the first two years.
2: Sideshow Bob, at the same time you were spinning that tale, the Dutch boy, who hasn't aged well, calls himself Janet Yellen now. She was confirming that you're full of it, and in the next uh, ten
6: period, but but we're leading to greater deficits in every year. Yeah, so that, so that's I, I call that swamp math. You go outside of the beltway one step, and there was no one in America who will believe that the Biden administration is reducing deficits. It's harmful to the future of the country, and I don't understand how you can be claiming that deficits are being reduced when it obviously is not the case.
2: Other Democrats, Congressman Smucker, and by the declaration of being a Democrat, they admit to being a mafia member lying fraud, profiteer of terrible policies, guaranteeing desperation, mismal, and, 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 and unfortunately ghettos. Terrible, terrible ghettos. And uh, you're going to see, when does that start tonight? Between the two morons? Between, uh, what is that, 6 o'clock tonight? I think it's 6 o'clock tonight. You can tune in and see who's the best Hans Christian Andersen of profiteering through bad policies. Will it be the daily throwback, the bald daily throwback who promises to strengthen the cops the whole time, really not interested in strengthening the cops because he has to swindle the people? Or will it be... The true believer, the Marxist. I got 50 on the true believer on the Marxist. What do you say, Squirrel? Bet, 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 bet. All right, covered. We'll be back after this.
0: This is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a time for me, so everybody, just follow me, because we
1: need a
2: little controversy. I thank God every day that I was born in the late 60s, I was able to live. Through a time in America when you were not only proud to be an American, but America had principles. It had a foundation. It had people who admired it. I graduated high school in 1986. Something else happened in 1986. We were lucky enough to get who, in my opinion, is the best Supreme Court justice this country ever had. He won by having 98 senators all vote for him. I I asked them... What
9: do you think is the reason that America is such a free country? What is it in, in our Constitution that 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 makes us what we are? And I guarantee you that the response I will get, and you will get this from almost any American, including the woman that he was talking to at the supermarket, the answer would be freedom of speech, freedom of the press, no unreasonable searches and seizures. No quartering of troops in hope. Those marvelous provisions of the Bill of Rights. But then I tell them, if, if you think that a Bill of Rights is what sets us apart, you're crazy. Every banana republic in the world has a Bill of Rights. Every president for life has a Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights of the, of the former evil empire, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, was much
2: better than ours. I mean it literally. It was... What he had was something, not just intellect, but a certain integrity and a way to communicate the principles of our nation that made all of us proud, regardless of what you called yourself. Truly was somebody who rose to greatness. My next guest is the author of Scalia, Rise to Greatness. He is also the chief White House correspondent for Newsmax. You know his name. I'm proud to have him on the show. His name is James Rosen. James, how are you?
12: Sean, I'm I'm blessed and grateful to be with you. Thank you.
2: Well, I'm very blessed myself and very grateful that you came on. But moreover, I'm grateful that you wrote this book because I think so many people are used to this current state of of America, circa 2023, where people are given to these positions, not because of their intellect or because of their grasp of what Americanism is. But now we have devolved into the racists where we hire people based on skin color and genitalia. It's really upsetting. But we can always focus on law as the shield as long as we have enough people who understand the principles of law in the way Antonin Scalia did, right? So this book,
12: Scalia, Rise to Greatness, 1936 to 1986, it's just come out this week. Uh, this, is, uh, this tells the story of Antonin Scalia's life for the first 50 years of his life. It ends with him taking his seat on the Supreme Court. And so I hope just two years from now I'll be back on this show with you, Sean, uh, discussing the next and final volume in the biography, which will cover his Supreme Court tenure. Uh, But uh, Justice Scalia was truly one of the most important Americans of the last 100 years. He changed the way that uh, the law is argued, decided, published, and in so doing, of course, that touches every area of American life. Um, Scalia was the son of an Italian immigrant who came to this country in 1920 with $400 not even speaking English, and who made himself into a renowned professor of Romance languages. Scalia's mother, an elementary school teacher, uh, was herself the daughter of Italian immigrants. They were devout Catholics. Scalia grew up in Queens in a very multi-ethnic neighborhood. Um, And from all of those influences, the, the liturgy of the Catholic Church... Um, the reverence for, for sacred texts that shouldn't be messed around with in translation or interpretation that his father passed down to him. Uh, from all of this, Scalia developed a reverence for uh, tradition, for foundational principles, and he brought this to his work as a judge and a justice. Before Scalia came along, there was a liberal notion about the law that was prevalent, It it was called the Living Constitution, the idea that the Constitution should expand, its meaning should expand as necessary to accommodate for things that the Founding Fathers never could have envisioned, such as nuclear weapons or the Internet. Uh, And in order to uh, accommodate that, uh, liberal judges would look past the text of the law so they could expand its meaning, and they would look back to what was the legislative intent? What did the, the lawmakers debate on the House or Senate floor? What did they put into these committee reports that they published along the way? Scalia stood athwart all that. He said, whether we're talking about the Constitution or a law that was passed 100 years ago, a statute that was passed 10 years ago, or even one year ago, we should never expand its meaning to accommodate for new phenomena. If you want to deal with new phenomena, you have a legislature for that, and you should go pass a new law uh, that deals with nuclear weapons or the Internet as you want it to be dealt with. Um, he felt that the Constitution should be interpreted by reference to its original meaning. Same with any law. If it was passed a year ago or 50 years ago, what judges should be doing when they interpret the law is looking to its original meaning, not trying to change the meaning because you have some different policy preference. Scalia was successful in launching this revolution, as you mentioned, Sean, through the force of his intellect, the liveliness of his wit and his pen. He was often in dissent, he didn't always turn, uh, turn out on the winning side of Supreme Court cases, but he made his ideas so easy to understand for the public that by the time he died, no less a figure than the Supreme Court justice who was appointed by uh, President Obama, uh, Elena Kagan, had pronounced that Scalia's revolution was successful. She said, we are all originalists now. That's why his legacy is so important, and that's why I urge our listeners to read Scalia Rise to Greatness.
2: I was lucky to be a uh, senior in high school. As he was going through his confirmation, and um, I had a,
12: I, I, was born this, I was born the same uh, or at least I, I graduated high school the same year as you, Sean, so we are. See, so you
2: understand that, that back then, teachers inspired you to pay attention to current events, and they would ask you to bring back homework or write a paper on what you saw, and watching him espouse, and really an evangelist for the Enlightenment was very, very directly affected my life. He's the reason I read the Federalist Papers. He spoke of them often, and he mm-hmm. spoke of the Enlightenment, which up until then was a question on tests you and I took in school. But it is the premise of Americanism, and he was above the politics of it. That's one of my favorite things, the way in which he inspired people of all ages to get involved in the concept of the Enlightenment. But he had a wonderful argument in abor- for abortion, that I thought was fantastic. And that was, the baby never gets due process. And that's the first time in my life that I heard somebody outside of my house talk about the baby as a person. And Mm -hmm. once you do that, you have to make the person who wants to kill that baby admit that they're killing somebody without due process, and they know it's a somebody. I love that argument.
12: So in this book, Scalia, Rise to Greatness, you will see uh, the first time that Antonin Scalia makes any public statement about the subject of abortion, which is a debate he took part in in 1978, when he was a scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, and it was televised, and we actually have the videotapes of this extraordinary moment, uh, where he said, in essence, that... Uh, whether it's the right of the woman to, to seek and, and conduct an abortion, or whether it's the right of the unborn child not to be aborted, he said, who knows, but it, sh- it shouldn't be judges deciding this. It should be returned to the state. Ultimately, that's what we saw happen with the Dobbs decision in June. You mentioned earlier, Sean, uh, the uh, use of affirmative action and racial, pro- racial quotas and so forth in hiring. Um, Scalia w- wrote in 1979 a seminal paper on this subject. He called it the disease as cure. And it was one of the bravest, toughest statements on affirmative action. Uh, ever published, and to do so in, in, in the 1970s, when affirmative action was really at its zenith in, in terms of public acceptance, was really quite courageous of him at the time. He mentioned that his father came to this country speaking no English um, and made himself into a Romance Languages professor. He, said, My father never profited from the sweat of a black man. Indeed, I don't think he'd ever actually laid eyes on a black man. And then in a kind of Swiftian satire, uh, which was unheard of for a law review paper, which is where he presented this in 1979, The Disease as Cure, um, he, he, he conceived of a racial handicapping points system for restorative justice. So he said certain ethnic groups here in the United States now probably did more to oppress black citizens in, uh, in throughout American history than some other ethnic groups did. So perhaps they owe more to black people today than other ethnic groups should, and we should assign them larger or, or smaller numbers of points. Uh, because uh, if you're going to pay this restorative justice, this debt, that means there has to be credits assigned as well. It was really scathing and brilliantly funny, unlike anything ever seen in law review. And again, you can read about the formation of uh, of Judge and then Justice Scalia's early views on subjects like abortion and affirmative action. In this book, Scalia rise to greatness. I'll say one more thing about it, Sean. There are two books about, there are two biographies of Justice Scalia that, that have already been published. They were published when he was alive. He cooperated with one, not at all with the other. And they both came out in the same place, openly hostile to Scalia's jurisprudence, his philosophy, his conduct. So this is the first admiring biography of Justice Scalia, and therefore it's the first accurate biography of Justice Scalia, and it draws on a wealth of materials that were either overlooked by or unavailable to his previous biographers. I'll give you one example, two examples. Uh, He conducted an oral history, looking back on his life, when he was a Supreme Court justice, in his chambers at the Supreme Court in 1992, his seventh term on the court. Uh, That was unsealed only a couple of years ago. This book, Scalia, Rise to Greatness, is the first to make use of it. Uh, We have his FBI files. But also of interest, there's his celebrated friendship with Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was appointed by President Clinton. And the two of them disagreed sharply on the law, but they were truly the best of friends, ringing in the New Year's with their spouses, going on trips together, taking in the opera together. And indeed, this relationship has been celebrated in stage plays and in opera. This book, Scalia Rise to Greatness, uh, is the first to publish the private letters and handwritten notes and memoranda and draft opinions that were flying back and forth, between Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Antonin Scalia when they were judges together wow. on the court of appeals before they went to the Supreme Court and so this really chronicles in real time the, the the flowering and the blossoming of this incredible friendship right at its start in the early 1980s
2: his the way in which he articulated the fundamentals of of philosophy is the part that I think is missing we have these Supreme Court justices now and I'm told that they're our originalists on the court and all the rest, but there isn't a one of them that can communicate with the people the way Antonin Scalia did. Now, I have a benefit in this, although my name is Sean Thompson. I am half Italian, and I grew up in an Italian name. They call that a Maragan American when you're <laughs> right. So, but my the people that raised me were all Italians, and they were very Italian. And most people, where was realize. this by the way? Where Melrose Park, Illinois. And my grandfather was a, a, a businessman, but they don't realize what it was like to be Italian way back when you got there in the 20s and whatnot. So they were intimidated. They were extorted. They were not allowed to partake in business. Just to be an honest businessman was very difficult back then. But what was interesting is when Antonin Scalia became a Supreme Court justice, whether the people had been a part of the mafia and voted Democrat or not, there was a pride because his genius was undeniable, whether you agreed with him or not. And I think that is the way in which uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had to recognize that, as so many of his opponents had to. And now you live in a time when these people sit in these positions, and they're qualified to do nothing. And they're put there because they're political apparatchiks, and they're sycophants to, to, to one party or the other. I don't think the Supreme Court has nearly the credibility since Antonin Scalia is dead. Do you? Well,
12: uh, there's certainly some brilliant people on the court, and there always are. Um, but uh, Antonin Scalia, as you note, was the first Italian-American to be uh, nominated to the Supreme Court. And when he was confirmed, when he was nominated even, there was an explosion of joy in the Italian-American community across the United States. It was unlike anything that had been seen since 1952 when Rocky Marciano yeah, captured okay. the World Heavyweight Championship. But Scalia's achievement meant even more to the community because his achievement, unlike Rocky Marciano's, was free of the violence uh, that, that, that marks boxing and uh, was free also of the taint of corruption, which had, uh, after all, for, for various periods, controlled professional boxing. Uh, his, his achievement was utterly intellectual, and the Supreme Court itself... Which has always been, sh- until recently, shrouded in a mystique that borders on the holy, uh, with the donning of robes and so forth. This meant so much to the Italian American community, and in this book, Scalia Rise to greatness. We print the letters that President Reagan received from leading members of the Italian American community in 1986, where they tell him, "We made our pleas heard to uh, to President Eisenhower and President Kennedy and President Johnson and President Nixon, and on and on." They all listened. Only you heard, yeah. and so uh, you'll you'll see that in Scalia rise to greatness as well. And again, part of this is um, you cannot look at uh, Justice Scalia's life and his important legacy without taking account of his Catholic faith. The Scalia's were devout Catholics. His son, is and so a priest, is Antonin right? Scalia. I'm sorry,
2: his son is a priest, correct?
12: Yeah. So uh, Antonin Scalia and Maureen Scalia raised nine children in the Catholic faith. And their son, Father Paul Scalia, was interviewed for this project.
2: Oh, wonderful. Well, listen, James, I, I got a problem because I could talk to you for another hour. But this... Fracking, oh, let's do it. These, <laughs> fracking, these fracking commercials kill me. But I, I, I do want to have you back, not just to talk Please. about the book, but to talk about you in general. I have been a fan of yours since you were attacked by the Obama admin, administration and the forever bothering Italians, often referred to as for FBI. I uh, have been a fan of yours as they went after your mother and father. I really admire your unwavering integrity and your ability to continue to fight. And I am so happy to see you are a chief White House correspondent at Newsmax to this day. I look forward to your interpretation on many things. I would love to have you back. Do you mind committing to that right now in front of my tens of hundreds of thousands of listeners? Do you you agree?
12: (laughs) You have my word. It's not quite omerta, but whatever it is, the equivalent, you have
2: James Rosen, thank you so much for coming on the thank show, you, making yourself available. Moreover, for shining a light on somebody who we should refer to often. You made my day. Thank you James Rosen. I so appreciate you coming on.
12: Thank you, Sean.
2: We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the
0: Sean Thompson show on AM 560. The answer. AM 560. The answer. Around the world,
2: around the world. I want to finish the Antonin Scalia clip. I want to finish it because there's a point to it. I know we have a couple of people who believe themselves to be originalists, but we are now living in an America where you see what's occupying the bureaucracies. You see that there is no integrity. There is no principle. I still don't know what American economics is based on. It's not based on principles. It's not based on math. What is American foreign policy based on? I have no idea. You've seen and witnessed the bastardization of law. In big Democrat run hellholes. is there law? Of course not. There's an embracing of lawlessness. There's an embracing of corruption. So what does the future hold? As you listen to him discuss the frauds of the Soviet societies, the frauds of the totalitarian societies, this is what you're seeing in these big cities. This is what you'll hear tonight in Chicago in the in the uh, mayor debate, which is nothing more than dung artists outdoing themselves. Much better. We guarantee freedom of speech and of the press. Big deal. They guaranteed freedom of the speech, of the press,
9: of street demonstrations and protests, and anyone who is, who is caught trying to suppress criticism of the government will be called to account. Whoa, that, that is wonderful stuff. Of course, just words on paper. What, what our framers would have called a parchment guarantee and the reason is that the real constitution of the Soviet Union you think of the word constitution it doesn't mean a bill, it means structure say a person has a sound constitution has a sound structure the real constitution of the Soviet Union which is what our framers debated that, that, that whole summer in Philadelphia in 1787 they didn't talk about the bill of rights that was an afterthought wasn't it that constitution of the Soviet Union did not prevent the centralization of power in one person or in one party. And when that happens, the game is over. The Bill of Rights is just what our framers would call a parchment guarantee. So the, the real key to uh, the distinctiveness of America is mm-hmm. the structure of our government. One part of it, of course, is the independence of the judiciary. But there's 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 a lot more. There are very few countries mm-hmm. in the world, for example, that, that have a bicameral legislature. Oh, England has a House of Lords for the time being, but the House of Lords has no substantial
2: power. They can just make the... As com- you hear him talk, are you not just disgusted as he's predicting what will happen to America if the citizens are not aware of the principles of it? We should just call Congress the House of Lords. Where is power not centralized? Where is your actual rights? As you see them impugned every minute of every day, in particular in the big cities.
9: Commons pass a bill a second time. France has a Senate, it's honorific. Italy has a Senate, it's honorific. Very few countries have two separate bodies in the legislature, equally powerful. That's a lot of trouble, as you gentlemen doubtless know, to get the same language through two different bodies elected in a different fashion. Very few countries in the world have a a separately elected uh, chief executive. Sometimes I go to Europe to talk about separation of powers. And when I get there, I find that all I'm talking about is independence of the judiciary. Because the Europeans... Don't even try to divide
2: the the two political powers, the two political branches, the legislature. As he's talking, am I the only one that wants to get rid of this duopoly of corruption, the Republicans and the Democrats? Are you not just focusing on just yesterday and the interpretation by the highest ranking Democrat and the highest ranking Republican in our Senate? Remember this?
9: Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen On cable television, with contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience. Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection.
2: No, he showed the tape, the videotape that proves it was not. He'll show more tonight. But your call was for it to be diverted from the eyes of the citizens. And what was the Republican response?
10: It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's
9: We have
2: a duopoly of corruption. And every one of your unalienable rights is under attack, whether it's freedom of speech, freedom of the press, as you see, just the Bureau of Enforcement and Propagandists. Your second amendment. And in the face of fact, when it comes to all of these amendments, I have a good feel good story for you right there in the sewer, Chicago. We now know the name of
0: the man killed after an argument turned deadly today in Chicago's Bridgeport neighborhood. Happened this morning near 31st and South May. Police say a 76 year old who is a void card holder shot another man in the head, killing him. Medical examiner identifying that victim
2: as 50 year old Terry Lofton, the 750 year old man fighting with a 76-year-old man. The only thing that saved that 76-year-old man's life was the Second Amendment. Yet in the sewer of Chicago, a hellhole of crime, chaos. What's under attack? The crime and chaos? Absolutely not. The Sinaloa Cartel, the gangster disciples, any other street name, gang, they, they, they give themselves these names in six minutes. What's under attack? The Second Amendment. It all comes back to the principles. Do we have a constitution? Do we have unalienable rights? Is this country built on an idea of the Enlightenment? Or have we become a European socialist, communist, Marxist society? And the chief executive in all of the parliamentary countries, the chief executive is the creature
9: of the legislature. There's never any disagreement between them and the the prime minister, as there is sometimes between you and the
2: president. Creature of the legislation. That should be Joe Biden's name. When there's a disagreement,
9: they just kick them out. They have a no-confidence vote, a new election, and they get a prime minister who agrees with the legislature. And, uh, you know, the the Europeans look at the system and they say, well, it passes one house, it doesn't pass the other house, sometimes the other house is in the control of a different party, it passes both, and then this president who has a veto power vetoes it, and they look at this and they say, "Uh, it it is gridlock. And, and I, I hear Americans saying this nowadays, and there's a lot of it going around. They, they talk about a dysfunctional government be, be, because there's disagreement. And, 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 they, and the framers would have said, yes, that's exactly the way we set it up. We, we wanted this to be power, uh, contradicting power, because the main, uh, the main ill that beset us, as, as Hamilton said in, in The Federalist, when he talked about a separate Senate, he said, Yes, it seems inconvenient, but inasmuch as the main ill that besets us is an excess of legislation, it won't be so bad. This
2: is 1787. He didn't know what an excess of legislation was. <laughs> so, uh, when he made this speech, the debt of the country was $8 trillion, a record-setting debt at that time. It's only through ignorance, it's only through one-party rule that it's become $32 trillion and they're able to lie to your face every fracking day as they bury us in incompetence and failure and corruption. Antonin Scalia was not just principled. He was warning us of a future that we now live. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Good, I hate to lose to feudalism and corruption, but that's why I don't like Democrats. Go ahead.
3: Listen, I wanted to uh, talk about uh, them raising the interest rates,
1: mm-hmm. but
3: I'd like to make a comment on what this uh, Schumer said, this gargoyle that he is, like you, like you named him. Yes. Um, the most deceitful the thing they did was keep this uh, uh, Sidnick thing alive, that he was killed defending the Capitol. They even went as far as laying him out and making speeches. Yes. Pelosi and... and All the uh, lie. All a lot. making him a hero. It's a lie. And they're still telling the same lie today.
2: Well, that's what a Democrat you is. they professional lies. I
3: know, but when you see him walking around in the tape when he was supposed to have been uh, injured, yes. he looked like a tour guy giving these people a tour. Rich, so, I mean, I, you're, I don't you're arguing I from really. a
2: position of understanding an objective fact. You're arguing <laughs> with the Kantian illusion of a dystopia. Where there is no reality. We are living in a society that is giving awards for women to men. You're going to reason with these idiots? You're going to reason with them? There's no reasoning with liars and thieves and cheats. There's only distancing yourself from them.
3: Could I comment about the interest rate?
2: Go right ahead, babe.
3: Okay, uh, they're talking about raising the interest rate. It's my understanding... In order for them to get inflation down, they need to have employment, unemployment go up. Yes. How is it? How is it going to help? Because be the, the Federal Reserve is
2: a fraud. The Federal Reserve has nothing to do with the federal government. It is a vestibule of corruption. It has a monopoly on the on the monetary policy of our nation. It is the reason the economy has been backdoor nationalized and centralized. In Washington, D.C., led by lying lawyers who've never done anything in their damn life. And what they're telling you is why they should get rid of and abolish and bust the Federal Reserve. They're telling you that in order to save the country, they have to bankrupt 60% of you. That's why I'm so frustrated. Thank you very much for the call. And here's some more proof. Keep in mind... Could you elaborate? um, She's bald. What is this effect to communities,
7: families, and businesses, these interest rate hikes...
12: Well, um,
0: right now we're, we're trying to bring down inflation on behalf of all those families. Uh, I think high inflation is hurting, particularly working families all around the country, very badly. And as you know, uh, if, you're, if you're on a very limited budget and you don't have a lot of excess earnings, when prices start going up, you're in trouble right away. People.
2: Are- so what's your answer? Front-running scumbag inside trading whore? To make their cost of debt go parabolic so that they cannot consume? and then somehow pretend you brought down inflation rather than deal with the corruption policies that is the reason for inflation?
0: Middle and upper middle class people have more resources, so we think it's absolutely critical for the working people of this country that we get inflation back under control. And also, while while we're at it, we have a dual mandate.
2: Apologies, we... Mr. Chair. I'm just reclaiming my time here. <laughs> so in order to save the economy, he's going to bankrupt you. And then once you're destitute, Somehow it'll be better for you, because the welfare check you are now on will turn you into a lifelong government supremacist voting for the very slave master who abuses you. 312-642-5600.
0: Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome. The Sean Thompson Show, on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The
11: Answer.
2: The fact that they have these hearings and the Janet Yellen's tell you, yeah, it's a lie when they tell you they're, they're shrinking the deficit, they're continuing to spend and collect less, guaranteeing feudalism in the future. And at the same time, Jerome Powell is telling you, yeah, we're going to bankrupt a lot of you, but it's for your own good. These people in charge, you should be in prison. And that's called the American political system, because they got you right where they want you. Where are they not in charge? What policy can they not use against you if you wiggle too much? What separates you from a Soviet citizen? I mean, at least the Russians have a 13% flat tax. Roger on the South Side. Hey, here
11: we are again. Another great show. Uh, Just want to compliment you last week for having Dr. Malone on.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was Monday, 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 not last week. Yeah, it goes fast, though.
11: Was it Monday? Okay, it goes fast. My fault. But, you know, I've listened to probably 15 interviews he had. You know, he revealed a few things on your show in a shorter time that he had not put out in all the other times in long interviews he's had with whoever it may be, Steve Bannon. Down the line, you know, one thing that I think very few, few people knew that it was enlightening to me. And I did a little fact checking, you know, you know, obviously he was put up as a Yahoo when he started this, but people don't know there was a guy with the highest security clearance who worked with our own government, with the CIA, with the CDC. Okay. And when, when he said those words on your show Monday that, you know, five, six months in there or whenever he seen it, that, uh he didn't think that the people in charge were not so much crazy enough or that there's no way that they could be going for this.
2: I love and that they, he has the courage to stand in this storm and continue oh, to stick to I'm principles. Bad. And, by the way, everybody can yeah. listen to the interview. How do you do it, Honey Bunny? You go to Sean Thompson's show, you just Google that, and it'll bring you to the podcasts and all that? Yeah, all yeah. your shows are still Check still it out. We need the numbers. We love the ratings. Thank you but, very much, Roger, on the Southside. I really appreciate it. It's time for the ladies. No, I don't want you to play Teddy Pendergrass. This is not the other guy, Angela, Wisconsin. Oh, hi, John.
1: Good evening. Good. Um, I have much to say, but I'll just say one of them because I know what time it is. This is a, a quote, and it has to do with uh, Chucky Schmucky Schumer. the Gargoyle, and it, it is by. It is from G.K. Chesterton. Right. G.K. It is terrible to contemplate how few politicians are hanged.
2: <laughs> well, you can't do that. You can't. Yes, we can. I, I don't, I want, I don't to, want. You know what I want? I want just an investigation. I want to know about the daughters. The daughters work for Silicon Valley. The daughters work for the firms that censor American free speech. He comes out as the most important Democrat in the Senate and calls for information, videotapes to be censored from our view, our viewing. Because he wants to explain, you're but a serf, he's the god in the lore, what was it called in in Europe, those limey inbreds, what did they call it? Chamber of Lords or whatever the hell it is? House of Lords, yeah, sure, not in my life. Uh, Jack Valparaiso. Hello. Hi, Jack. John, how are you?
10: Good, buddy. Look, the... The crap that we're getting from Washington on the economy is the same crap the socialists tried to do in the late 20s and early 30s and caused one of the worst depressions in the world. It's interesting that most people don't realize that that
2: right as the Nazis were killing people in Europe, Madison Square Garden sold out of American Nazis. Sal in Melrose Park, you got 20 seconds, kid.
10: Uh, Good day. We're living in this idiocracy 500 years early. Yes, we are. Yes, we are.
2: In fact, Sal, you've motivated me. I'm going to get you a Dr. Strangelove clip when we talk about Ukraine again. John and Genoa, sorry I didn't get to you, Phyllis. I'm sorry. We'll be back after this.
0: From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This a me, so everybody just follow me
1: because
2: we need a little... Now that we've established every time the Biden administration... Ninety percent of politicians open their mouth to lie. There's an old neighborhood saying it takes a lie to cover a lie. And that's true outside of politics, but in politics it takes a tax to cover a lie. You're about to get inundated with massive taxes. They've been lying to us for about a year, planning that or, 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 or claiming that they've cut the deficit the entire time massively raising spending. Massively increasing deficits today. At the very same time, Hakeem Jeffries talks about how Joe Biden and the Democrats have rescued us. Janet Yellen, also known as the Dutch Boy, was confirming our suspicions that they are, in fact, massively increasing the deficit. How do they get it back? They take away your money, you, the working man. Don't worry, they're insiders, they're money bundlers, and their pimps will never pay another tax. My next guest specializes in reporting. On these scallywags we call politicians. He's been a friend of the show since the very beginning. He's a White House reporter for the Washington Times. Friend of the show, Jeff Mordack. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. Good to be here. Oh, it's an aggravating day for me, Jeff. And uh, I say that because Hakeem Jeffries was touting the economic accomplishments of the Biden administration, which we all know is a lie if you have an IQ over 60. And at the same time, Janet Yelling was confirming our suspicions while testifying before Congress that they, in fact, are increasing the deficit. One thing's for certain, they're also going to increase the way that they pay for this scam, aren't they? That's absolutely right.
4: Be prepared to be hit with uh, a a slew of new taxes in Biden's budget proposal tomorrow. He is taxing everything and anything he can think of uh, to try to fund his program's which range everywhere from trying to resurrect some of the failed Build Back Better agenda to giving federal workers uh, salary increases as a
2: uh, giveaway to their unions. Oh, so they're going to Chicago ties everything where it's better to work for the mafia than pay for it. It's better to be a recipient of the mystical, magical math rather than be the one that's funding it. Correct. Well, it's
4: it's interesting how they're doing this is that They really just keep repeating, even though if you look at these taxes and it's capital gains, it's sale of stocks, it's things like that, it's things everyday Americans use. But this administration feels if they use phrases like high earners, high income, people won't notice that it's everyday people being taxed. And that's what's so interesting is the loaded language they use to put this out there.
2: And the reality is, as they do attempt to go after rich people, there will be rich people with principle who understand the fundamental foundation of our country is property rights. And this notion that we're taxing unrealized gains or we're taxing wealth, that somehow, and I say this as somebody who earns money, the difficult nature in accumulating wealth while earning money is almost impossible. They're taking 50% of a chunk. Then they're they're double and triple taxing you on different things from property taxes to uh, investment income tax on top of, uh, you know, post uh, earnings taxes. I mean, the reality is there are rich people out there that are going to say I've had enough of this and it's impossible for you to continue to tax me. Do you think that there will be a Supreme Court challenge to any of these proposals? Well, I don't think these
4: proposals are going to go anywhere because they've got to get through a Republican Congress in a Senate where that's pretty evenly divided. And the Republicans have already signaled that this uh, is going to be dead on arrival. So this may not I mean, even some of the stuff has been resurrected, as I mentioned earlier, from his failed build. Back. these were stuff that he kicked out of Build Back Better because they weren't going anywhere.
2: So, so then, he's not serious in his budget. I mean, that's what we're really. Well, I think he doing. is serious, but I think he's using
4: this as a starting point to talk about the um, to talk about the debt ceiling and start a talking point with negotiations. It's sort of like uh, putting together a Christmas list and giving it to your parents. And you write an eight page Christmas list and they tell you, well, we can only get you two things. And then you start whittling it down. That's what he's doing. I mean, he's trying to be Santa Claus. And let's see what he can um, what he actually is able to get through.
2: Now, I have a question for you, because we have a president that um, really doesn't speak unless it's all prepared speeches and the audience are handpicked. The murmur among the nation is that Joe Biden is completely unfit to serve as president. He's completely, I mean, he's, in my opinion, obviously suffering from something. Is this talk reached the press corps to your to your knowledge are the are the people in the press who start to seem they seem to me to be asking more poignant questions are they starting to be aware Uh, of his failings
4: i I would say not so much with the cognitive issue but in general i have seen a notable shift with the uh press corps since the classified document um Since the classified document mess has become a big thing, with the administration twisting the truth, lying, struggling to explain. And it was fully on display last week when Biden did the reversal on the D.C. crime bill. And they have a statement out from the president from a couple of weeks earlier saying, I'm going to veto this. And then Biden comes out and says, I'm not going to veto it. And they really couldn't seem to explain the discrepancy. And that drew a lot of scrutiny from the press corps. Uh, So I have noticed increasingly a press corps that's getting a little more hostile, a little more um, uh, inquisitive, uh, giving this administration more scrutiny than it ever has. And you can tell because Corinne Jean-Pierre, the press secretary, has really been struggling. And through those struggles, you see her – Sort of snapping at reporters, getting exasperated, uh, getting frustrated. I've noticed some of her mistakes uh, have gone up in recent weeks. Like for example, just today she called uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken Anthony Blinken. Um, she's done things like that. So we're starting to see uh, we're starting to see a lot of um, a lot more scrutiny than we have in the past.
2: You know, it's interesting. I like that. I like that the press is getting more aggravated because we need that when we have a government, that the more I look at it, Jeff, the more I I, I look at every issue, they are very comfortable with telling these bald-faced lies to us. I mean, it is outrageous to me that they are able to commit this without being really put on the grill. So when you see some of these other reporters put her on the grill, do you think it may lead to some policy changes by the administration that is clearly... Running for their for their collective political lives,
4: I would hope so, but I've not seen any of that, any evidence of that, right now. But I would hope it would help them to be straightforward, uh, more straightforward. I don't know if you've ever, if you have played any clips or you watched the briefing from Friday, where she really did struggle to try yes. to, yeah, and it's, um, you know, it's really interesting when they're put on the spot how much they panic and how they don't know what to do, because they're not used to being challenged. This is an administration that got a very comfortable free ride for a very long period of time, and now they're finally being challenged, and it seems like they're really struggling in how to respond to that.
2: Something that I think should be beyond partisan politics is what is happening within our foreign policy, with what is happening with with the war, the proxy war, in the former Soviet Union. I don't really pick a side. I just don't want us involved in it. But one thing that's, um, I think, becoming very obvious is that they're struggling to keep credibility after the Cy Hirsch article. Has there been a ripple the way I perceive there to be a ripple with Cy Hirsch taking the evidence and laying out the claim that I always thought that it is us that instigated this entire conflict? It is us that perpetrated one of the most ecological the largest ecological disasters in world history. Is there been a wave of questions that are leaning towards what exactly happened with Nord Stream 2? And are we being told the truth on any level when it comes to foreign policy of the Biden regime?
4: I would call it a ripple. I, it, it has not sparked the level of questioning that I kind of thought that the Cy Hirsch article would. There's been some questions. They haven't been particularly pointed. Um, and I'm somewhat surprised. I think... I think I think it's a, it's, it's, not as, it's not as gripping for Americans as, say, inflation or classified documents or when they shot down the balloon or the D.C. crime bill, because Americans don't really understand Nord Stream 2 and how it impacts their lives. So I think that's why we haven't seen the questions about that that I kind of thought it would spark. We've seen some, but not to the extent that I was expecting.
2: Especially when you think of who Cy Hirsch is. What his political leanings have been, this is not somebody that supported Ronald Reagan. This is not somebody that supported Nixon. This is not somebody that supported any of the policies that the old fashioned Democrat was not rejecting as well. So I thought that when he did that, it would show some sort of bring back the the non war the peace the, the party of peace, and the people who protested wars. I have to say, as somebody who's only voted for Republicans, I've never voted for a Democrat, I'm an anti-war person. Is the press become more pro-war, pro-foreign policy intervention, in your opinion?
4: Yes, I, I would agree that the press has become more hawks and definitely cheered on the Ukraine war. And I see that with Democrats as well. It's, it's, I've never seen Democrats be such hawks. They finally found a war they like. Um, you know- at the same time it's interesting to me one of the things that i've seen in every war in my lifetime and admittedly i'm in my mid-40s so i haven't seen a lot of war is there's always whether it's whether u.s is involved or not there's always somebody calling to send troops over there and this is the first time in my life i've never heard anybody on either side hawks Stubbs, republicans democrats whatever calling for U.S. troops. I don't know if that's the effect of what 20 years in Afghanistan has done to us, but it's fascinating to me that that call has not emerged from any side to send troops over to Ukraine.
2: Ultimately, the benefit of the Joe Biden administration is going, in my opinion, this is my opinion, is going to reveal that the bulk of our foreign policy interventions and our failures ultimately comes from economic frauds. I think that what we're witnessing with Joe Biden and his budget that will be released tomorrow is almost an admission of the lies that the American people have been told. As he's going to have to reveal, I need to tax you with $3 trillion new dollars. The way that I'll buy you off is that if you work for the government, you're going to get a raise. If you're on sustenance from the government, welfare of any kind, whether it be corporate or individual, you're going to get a raise. Ultimately, I think this will lead to exactly what we have to face. The problem with our foreign policy is because we have allowed politicians to destroy the integrity of our dollar through our acceptance of the political lies. Do you think I'm reaching?
4: Well, I think your point about he's uh, you know, some of the things in the budget is probably going to be some effort to expand the, social, secu- the social security, the social safety net, which is a way to reach out to voters and almost bribe them. Look what you're getting through my programs. So I do think that, yes, that it's a way to distract people because there are certain giveaways to key constituents that can assure his reelection next year.
1: Um,
4: so I think that's it. But it's also it'll be interesting how far this budget goes and what the Republicans are going to do and how much of a fight they're really going to mount against this budget. I think that's a key part of it. That is, you know, they've been talking that they're going to knock this down and they're going to give them a hard time. But when push comes to shove. What are they really going to do? They said the same thing about the infrastructure
2: bill. Jerome Powell was questioned by both Republicans and Democrats today about the theory, which I've been questioning since I was a very young man. The idea that the Federal Federal Reserve can save the economy by making people unable to consume. This is something that is outrageous to me, as they guarantee economic destruction of the people who can afford it the least. Do you think for the first time in American history more people are aware that the Federal Reserve really doesn't know what it's doing, and their whole idea of controlling the economy is to put most of the people in it unable to partake in it? Well,
3: yeah.
4: I mean, they're clearly trying to put people out of work. (laughs) There's no question about it. That almost seems like their aim and their solution to getting inflation and rising prices under control is to put people out of work, which is pretty horrific when you think about it.
2: It's
1: outrageous.
4: Um yeah, it has for has for whether or not people are aware of it. I think people see their inability to rein in inflation and the fact that, you know, prices are going up in the credit card interest rates that they're relying on to pay for things because prices are going up are also going up. And I think they are starting to wonder, well, what is the Federal Reserve doing and why are all these policies that the Federal Reserve insists work are not working?
2: You know, it's a funny thing. The economic lies are paid attention to by people who know about economics. The foreign policy lies are paid to by people who have the luxury of paying attention to foreign policy lies. But the lies, when it comes to domestic tranquility, are hard for politicians to avoid. We see a massive uptick in homelessness, a massive uptick in an unbelievable amount of Americans that die because of this drug that uh, is, is really trafficked by cartels. When Joe Biden made fun of the mother, who lost the two children. Do you think he maybe offended some of those people still naive enough to think Joe Biden is a benign Democrat? Do you think he he went too far with that?
4: I think it it was not a good look, but I didn't see that get a lot of traction. I thought that would have gotten more traction. And the papers that picked it up are papers that, you know, are not the people who read it already don't like Joe Biden. That did not go anywhere in the papers that reach out to the people who like Joe Biden, such as the Washington Post or the New York Times. If you look at our club, do a Google News search, you'd be surprised at how little that that spat was reported. Part of the problem with that is Marjorie Taylor Greene is somewhat, you know, Biden should never have laughed at the mom, but also keep in mind the spurt from Marjorie Taylor Greene making Mm -hmm. an inaccurate accusation against the president. And that's created one of, and that's sort of created the problem because Biden did this thing that, was really, really insensitive for a man who ran on compassion in contrasting himself with Trump as being a compassionate individual. Um, to do this was shocking, but he has the out that it was sparked by Marjorie Taylor Greene's misrepresenting, misrepresentation of the facts. And that sort of has given him an out, an excuse that a lot of his supporters have jumped all over.
2: So they gave that partisan slant, they gave him that little angle to hide behind, and he did it because that's what he does. Yeah. He's a political whore.
4: So That's a retail politician.
2: Let me ask you this. The tapes, the Tucker Carlson tapes, was that something that should have, by Tucker after that first night, or I don't know what he has in store tonight or the rest of the week, but do you think he should do a, a dump and take those tapes that were given to him and give it to everybody, and maybe yeah. we can have the American people that want to see with their own eyes, rather than somehow make this also a partisan issue? when we have been lied to by both Republicans and Democrats about the events that transpired?
4: Yes, I absolutely, the more transparency, the better. I absolutely think he should release them and let the American people put it all out there and let the American people make up their own minds about what happened. There is is nothing bad that can come with more transparency.
2: I've never liked the story we were told, mainly because we're told that story by people who make Hans Christian Andersen look honest. Um, I'm wondering if in the end when this is all said and done, people will have the courage to, to to speak what they intuitively were aware of. Do you think this will have an impact in a positive way or negative?
4: I think if we get it out there, we get it out in the open, and we get it out of Tucker Carlson's control – It will go a lot further because right now, you know, half the country likes Tucker Carlson. Half the country doesn't. Half the country will be interested in what he said. Half the country will dismiss it by getting it out there and getting it into more hands and getting it into more showing. It will get before more eyeballs and more people can make up their own mind. But I'll be honest with you, Sean. I've never seen the American public as complacent as I've seen them in the last couple of years. I don't know if you've noticed that. I mean, I didn't notice that till covid. But mm-hmm. that raises questions, that even if they see this with their own eyeballs, is it going to make a difference? Because this has become such a complacent culture in this country. I mean, we just stayed inside and, uh, and because the government told us, and nobody ever challenged that.
2: Time is the enemy of all men, and yet we bow down to it. It's interesting. I'm curious to know what your autobiography will be titled. Will it be t- titled, Surviving American Dark Ages and the Belly of the Beast, or How I Survived Wading Through Bulldung Spun by Bulldong Artists?
4: <laughs> I haven't given it that much thought. I don't know if anybody who wants to read my biography. Come on, on Jeff Mordack. Well,
2: but... <laughs> I know somebody who wants to read every article, you're right. It's me. I particularly love the fact when you kick out new articles, you can find his articles at the Washington Times. He's the White House correspondent who has somehow managed to stay above it all by anchoring himself to principles and integrity. Jeff Mordack, you know how much I appreciate you coming on. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Sean. Always enjoy coming on here. Good to talk
2: to you. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments.
0: This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer.
2: Uh Uh-oh. It's my guy. It's after 6.30 on Kamala Harris Day, also known as Hump Day. day Teddy Pendergrass on the radio. Robert from Bloomingdale on the line. Somebody's basking in the afterglow of marital bliss. Robert in Bloomingdale. Hey, you keep that going. That's pretty good music, you know? Well, listen, you just wait for the second round to kick in. In the meantime, what do you got? Well, first of
10: all, you were talking about Donnelly Collections. You like those two Cadillacs. I want that this red DeSoto part Donnelly in the Donnelly
2: Auctions. Donnelly Collection is what happens when you don't pay up on your bid. Yes, Donnelly Auctions. I want that Cadillac. There's no question. With a little Teddy Pendergrass on.
10: Yeah, and, uh, there you go. Yeah,
2: there's, very good. There's of go them out there. <laughs> anyway,
10: I just wanted to say, um, you know, Darn for Schumer for criticizing Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson's got t- all that information coming out, and uh, you know, now the Schumer's got oh, he wants Tucker Carlson fired, and basically Schumer's got you know, these people got egg on their face, and I want to see them called out for the liars that they are. You know, I what's hope in- that happens.
2: It's interesting. You know, I I I go over a lot of uh, a lot of information, and it's fascinating to see how much scandal between the kids that work for Silicon Valley, the lobbyist cities related to Dick Durbin's son, Dick Durbin's nephew, you see the intricacy yeah. of the of yeah. the scandal that is our government. And it's obvious to me that the last thing they need is for the people to get any information. Yeah. After all, we've allowed these oligarchs, these American oligarchs, who pretend to be representatives, to operate in the shadows for so long, they want to be able to tell us any lie they, they can And that's what January 6th was. That's what Joe Biden is. Joe Biden's presidency is the greatest lie perpetrated on the American people. Mm -hmm. And that tops Social Security. It tops income tax. It tops it all. This man should not be the president. The ramifications of him being the president, he was not elected. He stole the office. The ramifications are everything from the economy we're failing under to the foreign policy that's bringing us to the brink of World War III. So they can't afford that for anybody to see any information.
10: You know, Sean, here's one last thing before I let you go. It's it's disgusting how Biden's got the nerve to go on the stage and say that the Republicans are trying to cut Social Security and Medicare. That's a complete and utter lie. I could see freezing Medicare payments as they are and making cuts across the board elsewhere, but not... That's just a total lie in there. How he can- I
2: could see letting the people out of both. I think that would be a good idea. Now, I know you're not letting me go. I know that you were not supposed to take three of those pills tonight. I know you're going for round two with the lovely Mrs. Robert in Bloomingdale. In the meantime, it's nice to see once in a while a guy who I think is a lowlife stand up for something. It's, it's refreshing for me because of the footage that you gave Tucker Carlson last night he went on and said this was a mostly peaceful chaos as he said he downplayed Brian Sicknick's death said it was not related to January 6th that this was not an insurrection do you regret giving him this footage so he could whitewash the events of that day? No um, I, I said at the very beginning transparency
0: and so what I wanted to produce for everybody is exactly what I said that people could actually look at it and see what's gone on that day so. but
9: why but why for
4: Mr. Speaker, we have a child's portrayal of what happened that look each person come up with their own conclusion but i what i just wanted to make sure is i had transparency you believe because i know in cnn i mean i had here where you guys actually broke where we were this was a secret location fort mcglaire i don't know if you got concerned by that i don't even know from a point of view of security if
0: we could ever be taken there again but when you broke that at cnn that was a real concern to a lot of people i had a real concern also
2: cnn is part of the mafia propagandists that's why they hired adam kinzinger who lied to everybody because he's a never trumper scum Lied as a sitting congressman. Had a pack worth millions of dollars. That punk, that narrow-shouldered punk never worked a day in his miserable life. And then there's Liz Cheney, the poor thing. I feel terrible. I mean, that rash just won't go away. It's because you're fat, honey. Fat. You keep sweating on your thighs. Dr. Dave in Northbrook. Interesting fact. Hey, Sean, how you doing? I just got back from
3: CPAC, and I had the great honor of doing a prayer vigil with Mickey, who
4: is Ashley Babbitt's mother, okay? Oh, my God. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you something about Nancy Pelosi. Number one, not only did she not know she in charge of the Sovereign Capital
0: Ground Security,
4: two, if they would have done something to Mike Pence or hang him and do whatever that crowd was yelling to do, then the election wouldn't have been certified. Trump's presidency, his term would have ended. There'd be no president or vice president. And by Constitution, Nancy Pelosi would be installed as president. This was a coup attempt by Nancy Pelosi. She she should be tried for treason just for that.
2: I like it. I like it. And you know, Dr. Dave, the heat I took... For, from day one, I, I said the only person that was murdered, the only violence, was Ashley Babbitt being murdered by a Capitol Police officer. You know the heat I took? It's nice to be vindicated. And I, 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 I feel terrible for the mother. That woman was a veteran and a patriot, and her murderer was given an award <laughs> instead of a prison sentence. So thank you for doing what you did at CPAC. That's an honor, and I'm honored that you called the show. Thank you, Dr. Dave in Northbrook. Thank and, you. And I'm going to tell you, Sean, if they find those missing Hillary emails.
3: I'm in them. She's going to be locked up because she tried to kill me, Dr.
4: Dave. Dr. And that's Dave. attempted murder for James Woolsey. You're going to find out as soon as the emails are released.
2: Dr. Dave, thank you very much. Anthony McHenry. Sean, I love your show. I
4: think you know that. You are the best therapy. You're a priceless therapy for me. These are rough times.
2: Thank you, baby. Thank you. I love that. Uh, that's what, we got to come together. It's just us. I think We're the one-third that makes this whole damn country and the world, for that matter, go wrong.
0: You you got that right. I I think he
4: needs to do an entire episode. I have seen some video of that uh, poor woman walking in happy, smiling uh, with a group. It's a travesty. She was causing no harm to anybody. And then there were three Capitol guards in front of that door that walked away, Sean. They walked away.
2: Anthony, to watch her, to be, her shot. be shot, and to realize an unarmed, hundred and ten-pound woman—you couldn't grab her by the hair and throw her on the ground. I've been arrested a thousand times. I could have been shot a thousand times if every, anyone knew that I supported Donald Trump versus the gentleman John in diapers. So the that's why she was killed.
4: Body. They dragged her body out, bleeding on the floor.
2: Anthony. It's, it's the I hope I, I want him to do it. Did he? He didn't release that last night. I didn't watch the whole thing. I was traveling. No, but not yet. I don't know what he's. I don't know what he's
4: waiting for, Sean. I don't know what he's waiting. for. I think for. he should come out with right. that
2: tonight. Maybe he will. We got uh, 14 minutes to Tucker tapes part three. Thank you, Anthony, for the call. I love it. Mary Ellen, Northwest hey. Chicago. Yeah, Sean. I have something for you. All right. Tucker
1: was interviewed by Glenn Beck. Am I just looking at this now? And he said. Because Beck says, well, how do you know they were lying, the January 6th committee? He says, well, Tucker says, we have a specific way of knowing. When they looked at the video, they bookmarked it. An electronic mark on the video they watched. So he says, we know what they watched, and they avoided in their their report those items that um, uh, Tucker released. And then he said, he's saying, the other thing um, uh, Tucker said was, The other thing that he said, not one media person in the world has asked for the January 6th tapes in his possession. And Beck goes, well, can I have it? And Tucker goes, anybody can have it as far as I'm concerned. Everybody in the world has my text and even the UPS delivery. So, Sean, you can get
2: it. All right, let me see what I can do. In the meantime, Mary Ellen. I'll
1: I'll, I'll send you this article from
2: Gateway, okay? You know, when I hear you talk, you remind me of my nana. Don't ever say you got something for me because my Nana used to make me a pound cake, so I always hate one. I miss that pound cake. She's been dead for years. Oh, too bad
1: something. you're not in
2: Chicago. Don't, I'd get don't you don't something. God. I missed that pound cake. She sounds just like my Nana. When I get back, I'll take the rest of your calls 312 642 5600.
0: He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560,
2: The Answer. All right, Squirrel. You know how much I love a good game? Not sports, men in tights chasing balls. Trivia games, mind games. Let's play a little game, Squirrel. What do Penny Pritzker, Richard Daly, George W. Bush, his brother Prescott, what do they all have in common? They all were on the payroll for Wang Shun, Chinese communist businessman who also bought the Fisker plant in Delaware for $18 million. You know the one that cost the people $500 million? Yes, the corruption goes deep. How many people want to look into it? FBI, forever bothering Italians. The ones who have had the prima facie evidence that not only is Joe Biden... The most obviously corrupt political whore this country's ever had in the White House. But as an asset of enemies, foreign and domestic, why don't you pull your hat out of your ass and investigate why in the world Penny Pritzker, Richard J. Daly, George W. Bush's brother Prescott Bush, would all be on the payroll for everybody Wang Chung tonight, also known as Wang Chung, who gives a rip. He's another Chinese Communist Party member, like the same one that Mitch McConnell, the turtle out of his shell, old lady face Mitch, is married to. Alex in Richmond... Yeah, hey, Sean, I just wanted to know if uh,
4: you know why nobody's talking about this assault weapons ban here in Illinois and, and what's going on with that. It um, seems like it isn't getting any media attention at all.
2: Well, it, I, I, to a certain extent, I mean, I feel terrible for the people who don't live in the Democrat-run hellholes. You don't understand how it works. They admit that they're fascist pigs. So your unalienable rights, they don't really matter in these hellholes. And it's a shame. And I have a guest on it on Friday. What do you think of that, Alex? Can't wait for it. I can't wait for it. I really
4: want to hear about it. Um, This is just a travesty. The Second Amendment is just getting, you know, trampled to the ground. I
2: played that 76-year-old guy who was able to fend off the 50-year-old assailant by shooting him in the head. I love a good happy ending on a hump day, Kamala Harris Day. In the meantime, um, as a point, but these Democrat mafia are willing to sacrifice the honest people for the mafia because they are the mafia overlords. Thank you, Alex. I'm sorry, Hate to break it to you, but here, I got something for you. After all, what is the penalty for a governor who would abuse such simple, simple rights as amended rights? Something that we all know. What happens to him?
8: The New York Times is a big feature on you, calling you the Democrats' SOS candidate, saying you're keeping your options open for a presidential run in 2024 in case Biden doesn't run. Is that true?
0: No, I'm supporting Joe Biden. He's running for reelection and he's going to get reelected. I'm just, you know, happy that uh, people think of me in that way. That's certainly very flattering.
2: Flattering? I'm you too fat. You haven't been flattered like that since you walked into an old fashioned grill or a deli, have you, Fatso? In the meantime, you're an overlord. You're an oligarch. You've been on the, pay, on the pain end of these scallywags. Now you get to play both the pimp and the whore. Look at you. You're like your mom. David and Lansing.
12: Hey, Sean. Uh, Pritzker and Flats do not go together in the same sentence. I think Pritzker and Round go together very well. But uh, anyway.
2: Terrible. You have the worst comedic timing I, of anybody I, to I, ever I call any short, radio station. My God.
12: I only had 10 seconds to write that one.
0: How many times has your anyway. wife tried
2: to kill you? Go ahead.
12: <laughs> um, thankfully, I don't have one. Anyway, so... Uh, on January 6th, there's a widely available, publicly available video. If you don't use Google and you use like something like book.go or brave.com, you may be able to find it. It's three 20-something uh, oh white males changing from all black to blue and red clothing. And at the end of the 35-second video, one comes up and says, delete that, and then it ends so nice. it's, uh, it's January 6th you can find it on like Rumble or uh, on, but yeah. it's getting harder to find so I just wanted close. to make people aware. You
2: almost it. did it but you didn't quite ruin the show David and Lansing thank you very much for the call yeah, there's no way to get me another segment squirrel you can't talk to anybody you can't pay off anybody isn't there a, like a Democrat alderman at the station I could bribe 50 whores! Alright I'll be back in 21 hours to expose them all nice try Sean don't just have a great night Have an American night.